Welcome to Kindreds, a podcast for soul sisters. I'm Ashley Peterson. And I'm Katie Zay. We're kindred spirits talking all things faith, feminism, and friendship from our homes in the South. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Katie. I've got an announcement. If you follow us on Instagram, you already know, but Abortions Welcome is now live. Yay. Yay. So good. We officially launched the site this week. It's been awesome to see people sharing and talking about it and including us in their stories on social media. And we hope that over time it becomes a resource that people turn to when they or someone they know has an abortion. So go check out abortionswelcome.org. Follow us on Instagram at abortionswelcome. That's so exciting. I'm so proud of how beautiful... And informative and helpful the site is. We're getting such good feedback from we are our partners and users, and we would love for you to go check it out, as, as Ashley said. And if there's anything on there that you – or something that you know of that we didn't include on the site, we are always looking for more resources, spiritual resources in particular. So mm-hmm. you can let us know if there's something that we should add to the collection, and we'll, we will put, put it on the site. This is going to be an ever-evolving thing, but it's – It's beautiful even in its infancy. And along similar lines, my book, A Complicated Choice, is out in the world too. Yay! It actually was the same week that we finished Abortions Welcome that the book launched. So it's been been a lot. And I've been so moved by the feedback I've gotten so far. So if you haven't had a chance to pick up a copy, you can find it anywhere. Books are sold online and in some bookstores too. And if you want to shop online, we recommend that you go through our bookshop store where you can support your local independent bookstore and our show at the same time, which is pretty cool. If you go to bookshop.org slash shop slash kindreds, you can order right through there. And I also wanted to offer that I am starting to book virtual book events and book clubs. So if that's something that you would be interested in me doing with you, you can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com and we can discuss more. Oh, that would be so cool. I love doing those. They're actually really fun. So I would love to have some kindreds listeners be part of one of those conversations. I would love to join one of those conversations. Maybe we should just have a kindred's one. I don't know. All right. We'll think about it. You know, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right. So let's get into today. So if you listened to our last episode, you might remember that we had some ambitious plans for this episode. (laughs) We were going to talk about what it was like being young people in the church. Maybe not ambitious, but more... um, emotionally taxing to kind of go back in time and think about that. Yeah. And we definitely want to cover this topic in the future for sure. But when we were checking in with each other just to see how each other was doing, we realized that Mm -hmm. there's, surprise, surprise, a lot going on in our lives Mm -hmm. and and in the world right now too, obviously. Um, So we're going to save that topic for a time when we can really feel good about it and dive into it more deeply. So today we're we're just going to go back and talk about what's been going on since our last check-in, which was maybe December, which feels like forever mm-hmm. ago now. <laughs> and as a treat, we're going we're going to revisit one of our favorite segments from the past, what we're watching, reading and listening to. I think well, it's mostly going to be what we're reading, but um yes. <laughs> that should be fun to talk about some books that are giving us joy right now. Ashley, do you want to yeah. start because when you were talking back in December, you were on the brink of a really major life transition, especially in your professional life. So why don't you tell us what's been going on in your world since then? Yeah, well, I would say that the last three months have been a bit tumultuous. Mm -hmm. Uh, There have been some 
amazing highs and some really difficult lows. So I'll start with the lows. So maybe I can wrap up on a positive note, but, um, in January, I didn't talk about this at the time, but my family was hit pretty hard by the Omicron Mm -hmm. COVID variant. Uh, first it went through my son's daycare. He brought it home to Pat and me. And thankfully, uh, we were all pretty mild with it, but at the same time, some of our family in Texas got it. I think, I mean, everyone Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the time, everyone was getting it. And then a few towns over my parents and grandparents got it. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather was hit the worst. Um, and after six weeks of battling COVID pneumonia, he died about two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. just after his 85th birthday. Mm -hmm. And the funeral was last week. So my family and I are pretty fresh in the grief process right now. Um, And for me, honestly, that was the main reason that I couldn't prepare a full podcast episode this month. It was just, like you said, a bit emotionally taxing Mm -hmm. to to dig back into uh, the memories of childhood in the church, Um, Mm -hmm. especially because we Mm -hmm. had all of his services at our church, uh, my family's church. Uh, last week and so it was just it was it was pretty raw yeah um but you know you and I have had a grief episode on our list um as a potential topic for Mm -hmm. a while now we've talked about bringing on a friend of ours to come on and talk about grief and I think that uh that will be really healing to do at some point because I've dealt with grief before but I wasn't prepared for how hard this would be Mm. And I don't really know what to expect from the grief process this time around since every time is different Mm -hmm. and um, every grief journey is different, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. I I would love to to talk about that a little more in the future. So that's what's been happening in the background as I have been transitioning out of Faith in Women. Abortions Welcome was actually the last project that I needed to wrap up, which was a really special and beautiful experience to end on. I will always be grateful for that. And the new leadership at Faith and Women is settling in. So I'm excited and curious to see where they take it from here. It's been hard kind mm-hmm. of emotionally letting go. Um, yeah. And there are still some some <laughs> some things trying to pull me back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to be really intentional about what I get involved in and what I, you know, hand off. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that was – that's the hard stuff. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. But there have been some really great moments in there. The highest point of the last few months was finally getting to take almost three weeks uh, in February, early March to visit a place that has been on my bucket list for a while, which is Big Bend National Park in Texas. We haven't been able to visit yet because it is really far away from us. It takes several days driving to get there from where we live in Mississippi, and we've just never been able to take enough time off at one time to make it worth the drive. So we booked our campsite about six months ago as soon as the reservations opened to make sure that we could camp inside the park. And I love that we did that because it gave us six months of anticipation, Mm -hmm. which for me, that's a really big part of vacation for for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We had just as much fun planning and getting ready and packing and all of that as the trip itself. And and the anticipation was worth it. It did not disappoint. The weather was perfect. Our campsite was amazing. We were miles away from anyone. Mm. There were mountains for days, desert for days, stars for days. 
We hiked canyons. We played in the Rio Grande. We crossed the border and actually got to spend the day in Mexico and have lunch. And um, we stargazed every night. It was really special. We got to go with my brother and his fiance who live in Colorado and we don't get to see as much as we would like. Um, and that was, it was awesome for Avery to get to spend time with them. And I got to turn my phone off <laughs> completely and just be. What which, is that like? <laughs> what is, I know it was really hard. I had like phantom phone limb for a while, <laughs> but I got used to it. I will say it's, uh, now that I'm back, it's like that never happened. I'm, my phone is just as much attached as it was. I was really hoping it could be a reset, but it was really more of a blip. But we'll see. Uh, so we don't have any other big trips or anything planned until the fall. But for now, that is what has been going on with me. So how about you, Katie? Mm. Well, I want to say that I don't think you specifically mentioned that you all have an RV that you took? Oh, yes, we do. We were camping like in an key, RV. That's like a key detail. And I, I don't mean it that way. It's more you got you gave me a little tour before you went of the inside of it. I'm like, this thing is really nice. I mean, yeah, it seems like the kind of place yeah. you could actually stay in and be comfortable. So um, I know it's still like roughing it to a degree, but you all have this like beautiful vehicle that you can take with you and bring all your stuff and like go and stay somewhere yeah. for days at a time and have that experience of like being isolated from everybody else and I got to see some yeah. of the pictures and it or little videos and things and it did look just so peaceful and picturesque mm -hmm. and yeah maybe you picked up your phone when you came back but you know you can put it down and be okay yes I do. I do. It's nice to have that knowledge in my back pocket. And yes, the RV was key. It was part of our decision to do this, actually, with Avery. Um, I like tent camping, but we've tried to tent camp That's with him lot. before. It's a lot. Especially when you have multiple days of travel to get where you're going. Yes. Like, to be able to bring your living mm -hmm. space with you as you get to where you need to go just seems really yes. nice. Yes. And I mean, we've toyed with the idea of uh, renting out our house and moving into the camper oh. and just setting off for a while. And that might be something in the future. I think it's going to take us a bit more life organization to get to the point where we can actually do that. But yeah, um, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I can see you recording kindreds from the road. <laughs> I, can some, I mean, some beautiful I've place. thought about it. I talked to Pat about what it would take to make that happen. What would I need? And he's like, a microphone, a recorder. Like, it's really not that big a deal. You could figure it out. That's so, so cool. Well, but internet. Indeed. Internet is key. Indeed. Well, thank you for sharing about that. And, and also for sharing about your experience of grief, which a lot of around, which is your grandfather's death, which I'm so sorry about. Um, Thanks. And also the grief around leaving a job that was so much part of who you are. I don't think mm -hmm. we talk about the ways that grief can show up in lots of different situations and lots of different transitions. It doesn't always have to be mm -hmm. the death of a loved one. This is something I talk about in a complicated choice. Like there's so many different forms of grief and we don't socially give ourselves the space to honor those experiences and the emotional toll that it, that it can take on us to let things go and to like say goodbye to part of our, our life. And that's so yeah. having both of those things going on at the same time is is really difficult. And I think having a conversation about grief in a complex sort of way would be yeah. healing for lots of people um, and us, too. I think so, so too. We'll see when we're up for for that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm really glad that you had that time built in to go away, because mm -hmm. I imagine if you hadn't had it booked, 
you wouldn't have been able to get away even when you really needed to. Yep. You know, and so just yep. almost like the discipline of saying, I'm going away during this time. It happened to pop up during a really difficult time for your family, but that's all the more reason that it was important for you to go. So I'm really glad you were able to disconnect and have that time yeah. in the middle of so much other difficult stuff going on. Yeah. We actually got the call that my grandpa had passed while we were traveling. Mm. And that was, it was complicated, but it was also, I felt very, just like you said, having had that time and we, we wouldn't have gone if we, if it hadn't been on our schedules, life had gotten busy leading up to it. And so if we hadn't planned it out, we probably wouldn't have gone, but having that time with my brother and my family, it gave me the fortitude, I think, mm-hmm. to uh, to be ready um, yeah. for what was coming. You know, I think I think spirit was working um, in a lot of ways. But yeah, it's it's been hard. You're right. There's a lot of different layers of grief <laughs> happening right now. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. In a similar vein, you and I have been talking about getting together for who knows how long, and we're going to make that happen in a few days, a week from today, from when we're recording. I'm going to Mississippi so we can hang out at the beach. Yes, I'm so excited, and I'm so Me glad too. we did this, too. Me, too. At first, we were going to yeah. go to New Orleans, and then I'm like, I don't know if I have the energy for that, so mm-hmm. let's just go chill Mm-mm. at the beach, because we haven't been in the same room since February of 2020. And honestly, the last time we saw each other, it was under like some difficult circumstances. So (laughs) it was a horrible work conference that we had both gone to that just, Uh, Oh boy. Yeah. This is a story for another day. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Lots of thoughts. I'm not going to share publicly on this podcast, but I'm really looking forward to seeing you and, and getting to spend some time with you and just having that restorative time of of getting to catch up for more than a few hours at a time which is what we typically do like before and after the podcast is when we talk basically (laughs) yeah yeah I'm so glad this was on our calendars too I just feel like we all need to make the commitment put the thing on your calendar because if you don't it won't never do it so yeah that's my um, PSA for this episode I I completely agree. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I know I definitely need a break for me too, because Mm -hmm. I feel like the speed of this year is dizzying and it's increasingly faster, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like it started slow and now it's, I can barely keep up with, with the day to day. Um, Not Mm -hmm. in a, not in a negative way. I don't mean it in a negative way. I just mean that things are just intensely moving along. And that actually Mm. feels good to me because there was so much about 2020 and 2021 that felt like this feeling of stuckness. You know, there was just like a lot of um, bumping up against things. And there was a lot of growth and a lot of work. Obviously, we've talked about that. But it felt like a lot of internal work and preparation for something external. So, you know, that caterpillar in the cocoon. Yeah struggling to get out. It felt like a lot of that, like there was movement, but it was painful and sort of slow. Um, And now it feels like the energy of this year for me feels like a culminating time in a lot of ways Mm. as a result Mm -hmm. of all of that internal work. So I've already mentioned this, but yeah, the biggest thing for me so far obviously has been releasing my book, A Complicated Choice. um, And I'm so proud of it. It's I've finally embraced that. I think that I'm like, no, this is a really important book. I'm really glad that yes. I wrote it. I've been so moved by the response that I've gotten. And at the same time, 
if you've released a book or done something like this, I mean, abortions welcome maybe similarly. It's like, it's such a quiet thing, putting a book out into the world. It's really arbitrary. You know, the release day is so anticlimactic. Like you do this yes. whole long, I mean, I started working on this book in June of 2020. I wrote it for nine months, I think, or six months. And then there's edits and more edits and there's footnotes and there's copy edits and then there's like the marketing plan and it just feels like so much work is so arduous. And then release day comes and it's like crickets. There's like nothing exciting that happens. Maybe you check out your Amazon ranking. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing, (laughs) there's nothing exciting about it. So it's, it's almost like, um, I never thought of it this way. It's sort of, it's sort of like writing the book itself where there's like an idea and then it starts building. So I kind of feel like the same is true with the release of the book. Like it started out kind of quiet and now it's starting to grow some legs and Mm. there's this steadily growing interest in the topic and in the book. And that's just going to continue, unfortunately, because of all of the assaults on reproductive rights and abortion access right now. I mean, in addition to all the other horrible legislation going on that's targeting trans kids. I mean, I don't, we don't need to go into that, but I think because of the timing of the book, there's going to be a steady interest and growing interest in the book and how we can address our internalized abortion stigma so that we can actually create the conditions for reproductive freedom and dignity and for our collective healing. So I'm really thankful, even though things are so tough outside, I'm thankful to be offering this and abortions welcome right now because that's what's going to shift the tone of these kinds of conversations and actually promote the sort of world that we want to live in, you know, instead of just Mm -hmm. what we're fighting. So that feels, that feels really beautiful. And I feel really good about it. It's some days it feels overwhelming and some days I feel like nothing is happening. And that is just, (laughs) that is my emotional life right now. I'm like, why isn't anything going on? And then people are like, here, you want to do a book event? And I'm like, why are you asking me to do a book event? I have too much going on. (laughs) The universe is like, we cannot please this woman. Like, Funny. Uh, I am right there with you on the dizzying speed of this year, and it does feel like it's accelerating, and I don't know what to make of that um, buckle up. in my life. <laughs> buckle up. Um, but uh, how's this for a segue? One thing that has been helping me slow down <laughs> is what I'm reading. <laughs> I love it. That was a beautiful segue. And I agree. Thank you. I agree. You. I agree. So shall we talk about uh, what we're doing to calm down and reorient from, from the fast pace of life, what we're reading and listening to? Yes. I'm so excited to be doing this segment again. And when I think about the times that we the time that we stopped doing it, it was because I was not consuming anything that I would have wanted to yeah. share. Yep. So I remember that. <laughs> just one of those phases of life now where I mm-hmm. am enjoying, maybe because I'm not writing, I am really enjoying reading again. And I have been letting myself just read and listen to like the most delicious books. Totally. Mm. Like I don't care if they're what everyone else is reading and they're like, the top 10 New York Times bestsellers for like light fiction or whatever. Like, I don't care. I'm just really enjoying getting lost in stories. It's really, really fun. Um, Love it. So I'll, I'll talk about a nonfiction book and then I'll talk about fiction. So I think I mentioned, I can't remember that my husband is now a sex therapist. I don't know if I specifically talked about that. I don't know that you've said okay, that. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> announcement, my husband is not just a therapist. He is working as a sex therapist, which 
would be really fun to talk more about because he's doing the most beautiful work with all kinds of clients. It's not, it's not what you think of. It's a lot about like, there's like young people who are transitioning gender and, you know, like people just dealing with relationship issues or infertility and like, Anyway, it's been a lot of fun to learn about who he's talking to and just hearing about his experience. In a lot of ways, our work now overlaps more than it ever has. So it's a lot of fun. Wow. It's a lot of fun. So we also have a lot of fun books coming into our house because he's reading about (laughs) sexuality all the time. And there was a book that came out a few years ago that I didn't read at the time called Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life. Have you read this or seen it? I have not. I've heard of it and I've heard interviews with the authors, but I have not read it. Yeah, it's by Emily Nagoski, I think is how you say her name. And the reason I heard about her is because she and her sister, or maybe twin sister, co-wrote that book, Burnout. The Secret to yes, Unlocking the yes. Stress Cycle. So she's been promoting mm-hmm. that book. But this book she wrote before that. And it's it's such a good book. It's really well written. It's really fun to read, which I know sounds hmm. sounds funny. But her style is just really accessible. And um, it's a great resource on, on women's sexuality with some really helpful breakdowns of the complex nature of our sexual arousal, which, shocking, has more to do with our brains than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like what turns us off and turns us on. And what I love about it is she's really working to normalize every person's sexual well anatomy and also sexual experience. Like, you just feel mm. normal no matter what your experience has been. It's all within the normal range. Like, if you're someone with a lot of sexual energy or you have none, it's like, it's all within... You're not, there's nothing wrong with you, I guess, is when you're reading the book, you're like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with me. I just need to understand myself better. So that's if, cool. that's, if that's of interest, like whether you're partnered or not, I've really found it to be a really informative and fun read. So that's come as you are. So highly recommend that one. Okay. On the fiction side, I have been on a total Taylor Jenkins read kick, which I resisted mm. her books for a long time. I don't know why. I don't know why. I tried to read Daisy in the Six, Daisy Jones in the Six first. Yeah, I think overexposure. She was everywhere for a long time. Yes, everyone was reading because she wrote Malibu Rising. Yes, and I'm listening to that one right now oh, okay. on audiobook. So I picked up Daisy Jones and the Six first on audiobook because I just decided that I want to listen to audiobooks. I don't know why I've resisted that for so long, but I'm like, let me just listen to that while I'm out on a walk or, you know, what, making lunch or whatever. And I loved that one because there are all these different voice actors that do the different parts. So it almost feels Ooh. like you're listening to a movie in Ooh. that way, which I just didn't think of audiobooks being that good, but some of them are really well narrated. Oh, yes. And I some loved really are. that one. I loved that one. And if you don't know the premise, it's about the rise and breakup of a fictional band in the 1970s and actually has a great storyline about abortion. I was really pleased Mm. with how they dealt with that topic because sometimes when there's abortion in fiction, like, yeah, it's going to follow this like really basic storyline. But that was not a major part of the book, but I was really pleased with how they they dealt with that topic. Um, So it was such a good story. I really enjoyed listening to it. And then my book club, my neighborhood book club decided to read Another one of her books, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Mm -hmm. which I loved. I could not put down. It was so yummy. It was so good. And I love that, like her other book that that I read um, or listened to, it's a really strong, complex Mm -hmm. woman protagonist who is multidimensional and flawed and completely lovable in her mess. Mm -hmm. Like, I just love how these women are portrayed in all of their complexity and they can be 
problematic in certain ways and you still love them and are rooting for them. Mm. It's just so nice to see multidimensional depictions of women oh, in Lord. books. I know. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I know you're reading that one too. And I'm wondering if you're if you're liking it as much as I am or if you're like, uh don't get why you're obsessed with this book. <laughs> well, it's so funny that we're reading it at the same time because um, you told me you were going to put this as your what you're reading and did uh, did I want you to bring me a copy <laughs> when we see each other oh, next right. week? And I sent you a picture of the book in my lap because I was currently reading it. That's um, so funny. Yeah. I am enjoying it. I'm only about halfway through. I might not be loving it quite as much as you, uh, but I think... I really think it's not the book's fault. It's because I picked it up right after reading one of the best books that I've read in a long time that's wildly different. Um, So while I was traveling, I read The Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow, and that one really grabbed me. I couldn't put it down. It's uh, a little longer. It took me a little while, but it's a fictional alternative history where the city of Salem, Massachusetts was burned to the ground during the witch trials to get rid of all witchcraft forever. And in its place, new Salem was built, which is supposed to be this like sinless, perfect city. They want to be the model for the rest of the country where witchcraft no longer exists. And, and there's a very, um, like everyone is in their place. Everyone is respecting the order of things. And it's set at the turn of the 20th century during the fight for women's suffrage. Mm -hmm. And so there's like bubbling up women's suffrage movements. And alongside that, the book is about three sisters, the main characters, who learn to harness their power as witches and try to bring witchcraft back to the world, which is to them also suffrage, includes suffrage, to put women in power and to bring back their idea of the rightful order of things. And I just, I was ready, like my brain was ready for that story. (laughs) So I loved every minute of it. I I just realized though that I did start to read this book. I think I got maybe 20% of the way through, and then it went back to the library. But as you were describing it, because weren't they having secret meetings that were like women's suffrage meetings, but they're really about witchcraft? Yes. I got to get that again, because I really was loving it. I think I just couldn't finish it in time. But yeah, I loved it too. I loved the dynamics of the sisters. Um, So yeah, I'm going to have to pick that one back up again, because it it was really good. Yes. I did like that. I highly recommend So another book I read earlier this year and loved is Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bully. I think that's how you say her name. It's a crime thriller set in an Ojibwe community in the Michigan Upper Peninsula. And the protagonist is an 18-year-old girl. She's just graduated high school. She's getting ready for college when there's a series of drug-related deaths that start happening in her tribal community. So she gets involved in the investigation, and I don't really want to – give away much more than that because it's a very twisty plot but what I love about the book really was learning about the setting which is a real town in Michigan called Sault Ste. Marie where the author herself grew up a lot of it is uh, referencing her experience growing up in her tribe and so you learn a lot about Ojibwe tribal customs and wisdom the one of the best parts of the book are the elders, the characters of all the elders. They're just uh, amazing people. And they, 
at one point they really come in to save the day and it's just a very how she treated like the multi-dimensional lives of older people was really cool and the author based a lot of the story on navigating her own identity I will say it's a crime thriller, so it's definitely got its heavy moments, and I'll just go ahead and give a content warning. There is a sexual assault that happens, but one of the things that has stayed with me is the author's note at the end. She talks about why she included the sexual assault in the story, which I really appreciated. It's because of the very real high statistics of sexual assault against Native women, and those are assaults that often go unpunished. And I don't usually read thrillers because I don't like reading gratuitous violence against women, which is like a major trope in that genre. And it's usually like to further the uh, character development of the male protagonists. You know, something happens, something horrible happens to the woman. But this felt very different. It felt very intentional and it felt like a reclaiming of that narrative, which I, I really appreciated. So, and I also, I mean, I just love that all the books that we're talking about today have these great complex female protagonists. I want more of that in my life. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So you all can picture Ashley and me at the beach where I have our beach books, reading about strong women protagonists. Yes. You know, just enjoying life and feeling inspired by these beautiful pieces of fiction, which again, sometimes I feel like fiction is an indulgence, but gosh, you learn so much about Yourself and humanity in reading fiction. There's just so much truth in it. Um, And The Firekeeper's Daughter is the next book that I have at the library on hold for the audiobook. So I will, I will look forward. I've heard such good things about it and I will let you know how the audiobook is because that's definitely a different kind of Mm -hmm. experience from reading the book, but it sounds like the story is going to be so good. I cannot wait, Mm -hmm. cannot wait to dive into that one. Yeah. And I'm actually really curious to hear what our listeners are listening to or reading these days. So if you want to shoot us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com or tag us on Instagram with a picture of what you're reading, we'd love to we'd love to see it because I need all the recommendations I could get (laughs) right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's it for today. Come back next time. No guarantees about the topic (laughs) right now. We will be talking about something. We might come back to growing up in the church. We may come up with something else. Either way, we hope you'll join us. Indeed. I'll talk to you then. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, kindredspodcast.com. That's kindreds with an S. Or you can send us an email at team at kindredspodcast.com. You can also follow me, Katie, on Twitter at Katie Zay. That's Katie with an E-Y-Z-E-H. Please send us your thoughts, ideas, and questions. We'd love to hear from you. 